as my coaching philosophy is that's how it's recruiting is this is a this is a two-way street it's definitely a two-way road so right. we need to um uh, we're reaching out to to the people that we believe that we want to have here and when i say that it's i'm not saying just because like oh i want to coach this person because he's talented but i need to, this person to be a great fit for uh, what UC San Diego culture is. Mm -hmm. So you need to be a, um, obviously we are, we're a highly academic institution. So you need to be able to handle that load. Um, and then, then you need to be, you need to be fitting in what, what my, what my, uh, my, the vision of my team is, the vision of my team energy is. Um, and, and like I said, like when you got, um, and that's a pretty much a big difference between coaching the age group and high school level when go to the college um, because in college, literally you are becoming a professional. If, if you were, if you didn't have that mentality and, and when I say professional, I'm not talking financial aspect only. I'm just talking like, listen, you're coming to the college and I'm recruiting you. The reality is like, you need to, you need to want to do this. This episode of the smart athlete podcast is brought to you by Solpre skincare for athletes. Whether you're in the gym, on the mats, on the road or in the pool, we protect your skin so you're more comfortable in your own body. To learn more, go to soulpre.com. Welcome to the Smart Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Funk. My guest today is the head swim and dive coach at UC San Diego. He's also involved with Team Elite, a pro swim team in San Diego. Welcome to the show, Marco Georgievich. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for hanging out. Um, it's always... <sighs> I say this every once in a while, but it's always funny. You know, we're, we're talking before we get going and then I have to officially get going. It's always this weird little like interruption, like, hey, we're having a conversation, but let's let's start yeah. over. Just yeah. that awkward thing you have to do for official recordings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, just a quick reset, but we can just keep going. Yeah, it's okay. yeah. <laughs> well, we were talking about the issues with, we're on Zoom for this particular recording. So you get the sweet uh, UC San Diego swim and dive background going on. If you're just yeah. on the audio version, you're missing out on Marco's background. So you can join us on YouTube <laughs> if you yeah. want to see it. Well, and, and I have to say, this is just like a big kudos to my assistant coaches. Like I wouldn't know how to do this, but yeah. um, we, we, we just figured it out. Like having a, a big team meetings with Zoom was, mm -hmm. uh, we were kind of losing the attention of our athletes and all that. So we um, kind of wanted to come up with something new. And my yeah. assistant coach coming with this like moving background, which was just like, I'm under the water all the time. I'm actually at the pool, <laughs> even if we're maybe not. So yeah. yeah, but kudos to my assistant coaches. Yeah. So is that how you're doing? Um, I, you know, I have no idea what UC San Diego has decided to do as far as uh, school right now. Is everybody still at home doing like uh, virtual school and then practicing at their own pools or how is that set up right now? Actually, actually we are UC San Diego, um, was started like a long time ago, even at the beginning of the summer, to be a pioneer, feeding and setting the the situation to have people return on campus. Mm -hmm. So we had a program that was uh, operating pretty that, that did operate pretty well until this point, and I hope, not to the wood, that it continue, return to learn. So it's a sort of a hybrid, and um, uh, we the majority of classes is still basically online, but the campus is physically open. So mm -hmm. we. Um, on September 19th was the first moving day for um, for on-campus leaving uh, students, and I believe we have about 11,000 people on campus. Mm -hmm. um, uh, at least that was planned. I don't know if everybody 
really decide everyone really decided to come back right as far as if, uh, um, and then the classes officially started october one because we have quad assistant school so we're starting a little bit later than everybody else which actually gives us a little bit more time to learn from the experience from other campuses i think and uh um, not that I'm a huge fan because swimming, like athletes got pushed back a little bit longer than everybody else. But, but uh, the expectation, our, our, our scholar athletes are actually going through all these um, testing phases. So to everybody, everybody are medically cleared um, to, to go back to, to practice with the, with the college program. And officially the college pool will be open October 13th. So we're keeping our fingers crossed the next Tuesday, the college team as a unit will be back together on next Tuesday. So from there, you know, is it, is it a matter of you keep the campus closed or this is just a little bit of pure personal curiosity, I guess. I, I don't know how much our listeners <laughs> care, but yeah. um, you know, do you, do you, is it closed community? Like everybody that's on campus stays on campus or is it just, I'll say normal, um, or more like normal kind of activity, people can come and go, and then there's periodic testing. Well, I can tell you, like it's a, it's a sort of like it's a, it's a blend. I think I don't have that we have like a really. I don't think that we really have a strict thing. Like, okay, if you're living on campus, you should be staying on campus. And uh, um, but but reality is that um, most of our students after the freshman year they live off campus. You know, okay. we are in the beautiful La Jolla, so. Um, you definitely want to be around the campus. So, so like right close, like literally five minutes walking distance from the beach. So it's pretty tempting, you know, uh, but, but we do have, especially with scholar athletes, we're testing them once a week. So, and keeping them a pretty, pretty tight regime and like, and I think like it, with, with athletes, they, they sort of have that, like they got used to that, like discipline. This is what is what we are expecting you guys to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we totally, totally understand that you being, uh, home for six months you're, you 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 want to spend some time with your with your teammates and your friends um, schools are obviously studying so it's a different different um, uh, type of life but in the last six months we were preparing an athletes that are athletes that this is going to be a different campus it's just going to be the different world and um, I think we're doing a pretty good job there understanding in terms of like hey wear the mask until the point you're getting in the water um, keep the distance of the six feet, six feet between between your teammate. Even if you are doing something together, we sort of like a step away from those like a safety bubbles. I think so as a team, but like because because most of our athletes, even when they start living off campus, they're still uh, rooming together. So um, we're, we're calling with a little families. And and to to be honest, like UC San uh, UC San Diego was pretty good adopting what USA Swimming did pretty early in this situation by providing the guidelines. Okay, here is how, how safely we can use, we can use the pool. And, um, and college programs are a little bit smaller than maybe a club team. So, so we can, we have two beautiful 50 meter pools. So we can, we can fit everyone within, within respect of all, all the, the safety boundaries. And, and, um, and reality is off the out of outside of the pool and, and training time, it is a little bit of like the, the on athletes to be mature and understand like listen hey um, this is this is a real thing and it's serious so we need to be very very careful what we are doing so we can continue with, with what we want to do which is swimming and practicing. Right, well, I think it's good to be proactive. You're talking about you know testing weekly and. It, it, 
but beyond that, the, the practicality of kind of like we were talking about before we got going, just Mm -hmm. if say you weren't able to, you know, be all together, there's something you miss. Even if, you know, coach Marco's sending out workouts and we're all doing zoom calls and we're all getting the workouts in, but in our own pools back home, wherever home is, you know, it's not the same as we are all here together, doing the sets together, being together, because there's something, you know, there's something that, that happens just in that time, spending the time together. Um, it's a little melodramatic for me to say this, but shared suffering um, yeah. that kind of binds us together as a team, as a unit. and helps, I don't know, at least to me, makes you something more than just an individual. Well, definitely, you know, <clears throat> with, with my experience in swimming coming from, uh, from Europe, swimming is very individual sport. Let's be, let's be honest. Right. And then, and then when you come to college and when I joined UC San Diego eight years from now, like I was completely uh, one-on-one dummy or like what, 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 what to expect in terms mm-hmm. of like, okay, swimming is individual sport. And then you have a, a bunch of athletes, a bunch of swimmers, they are professional swimmers and that's what they do. The reality is, College swimming is a really team-oriented environment. Like um, it, it is a, um, not, not just because what's happening in the pool, it's just what's happening with the team, like in terms of like living situation, classes. Reality is like our athletes are spending a lot of time together, a lot of time together. So not, not, not just with what's going on specifically in the water, but like classes, living, um, social aspect of them. So yes, you're absolutely right. Just the fact and the factor that we were um, in this difficult situation, not being, and, and, and another thing is with swimming is, swimming is a year round sport. So we really spend the time together a year round, like for 12 months. In, in reality, with a little break for Thanksgiving, a little, little break for Christmas and a summer break that might be um, around two weeks, Everything else, pretty much, you are spending your time with your with your team and your teammates. And um, this was um, just the fact and how it started for us because we were at the meet at the NCAA championship, which was our last Division II NCAA championship because we just um, elevated to Division One. So we were really really excited about this season, preparing a. a, a big splash to, the, to make a big, big boom before we leave division two. And on that, that day one, we were able um, our, to have a national champion in 50 freestyle. So everything was like moving in the right direction. Our relays are leading. And, and then after uh, second morning of the, of the heat, they, they, they just cut the meat and it was very emotional. It was, um, it was a really an emotional roller coaster for everyone. Uh, for seniors, for the but the whole team, because the energy was so high that that um, the preparation for something big was just like right there. So it was literally when somebody just popped a balloon, which is yeah. like down. Uh, so it was pretty hard to spend next couple of days to actually fly us back from Ohio to San Diego. Um, and I can tell you the awareness of the team that we're not going to be swimming for next six months was zero. And, um, and then like after, after a couple of weeks when we had our first Zoom meeting at the beginning of April, uh, when I told them, hey, listen, uh, 
reality is the preparation is like we're not going to have summer so let, let's just like not even think about that um and in my mind i'm focusing what's going to happen in september and the fall and at that time the team was just they told me they told me i'm totally crazy like i'm like no way that this is going to be like three or four months like we're going back pretty soon here um and and to be honest like i was mentally prepared okay no summer um, let's just focus on September. And then when September came and we were still not being back and, uh, I started freaking out, <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this. Yeah. So I want to say like, it, it was definitely what I want to say is it was definitely an emotional roller coaster, starting from the swim meet, then not really even understanding what's happening worldwide around, around us, like what the, and how serious the pandemic is. And, what is really important and yeah, we did last national championship, but like we're really talking about people losing lives here um, to the point, okay, so now we are figured out a way to live with that. And, uh, and then we want to start the season, but we really don't know how this season is going to look like. And to be honest, like for a majority of my, my swimmers and, and divers, this is very, very, maybe first time in their life situation when they didn't swim for six months. So they really don't know what to expect. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of mixed emotions and all that, like not, not just being physically out of that. I think this is going to be um, the biggest, the, the number one hurdle for, for, for every athlete. I think it's going to be to mentally go back to um, see like, okay, well, because like in six, within six months, some of them figured it out. Like, okay, swimming is not, Part of my life anymore so it's time for me to move on and do something different some of them like miss it even more some of them feel the anxiety like okay what's going to happen and obviously senior class is very effective this is definitely not the way that they were just expecting to to graduate college mm-hmm. um, so yeah pretty pretty difficult time pretty difficult time so that's, that's for sure the, the closest thing i can think about this situation being similar to is like an injury where it's like you're doing all this preparation you you know you've got this thing in mind whether it's you know a PR or national championship or or particular meet whatever it is you spend all this time effort energy you know as I always say blood sweat and tears Mm. you're just got this singular focus and then this thing just you know this thing outside of your control takes it all away from you yeah you know in, in in normal life whatever that is you know, that can be an injury and it happens to an individual and then they're left, well, you can't swim now. You've got X weeks or months of rehab to get back in the pool and your your whole world turns upside down where it's like, you don't even know what's real anymore. There's yeah. no, there's no yeah. bearing on yeah. this is, this is real. You know, it's, it's, this does, it just, everything seems fake for a time. Exactly, exactly. And that's, that's what I'm saying, like, you know, with an injury, even sort of like you, when you're going through a recovery process, depending on the type of the injury and all that, you're still, you're still able to, if you are highly motivated, because right. in, in my career, I had a, um, actually, it was here at UC San Diego, I had, I had a swimmer, um, she was about to graduate, um, she went through the, a lot of injuries during the college uh, career. Uh, boat shoulders, surgery, still coming back. I, I convinced her that we have a legitimate shot to uh, qualify for Olympic trials four years ago. Mm-hmm. And she bought it and it was all amazing. And then she was walking down one morning for a practice and she looked like she broke her ankle. Oh. And it was just like, we thought like, okay, this is, this is it, this is it. 
but I convinced her like, no, man, this is not it. You're not going to be able to swim, but let's just go with, um, go back to the gym. Let's do what we can. And, yeah. and she bought it and, and she really did it. And she ended up breaking a national record at division two nationals and then being out of touch, being second, like runner up at nationals. And she just barely missed the Olympic trials cut, which was amazing. But in this situation, um, I think that a lot of, um, like I said, a lot of, a lot of swimmers because, um, whether division one or division two, our national championship, I, our, the collegiate peak meet has been canceled right in the middle. Mm-hmm or before even started. So that just brought a lot of emotion, number right, one. Right. And, um, uh, and a lot of emptiness. So, it, and like you said, like athletes were not even ready. Like, okay, well, what do I do now? Because like when you are, when you get injured, you figure it out. Like, or you right, just okay. up and then the injury just like kick you out or you just, you bite the bullet and you know, you just get better. Like if you got shoulder injury, you become better kicker. If you like, you know, hurt your ankle, then, you work with your arms and, and your upper body or your core. You do something. And here it was, first of all, was just every, nobody wanted to do nothing. Yeah. It's the fact that it was just like no final meet, no big hype, no big excitement. No one didn't want to do nothing, number one thing. And then when they sort of process the, the, the whole situation a little bit and become a little bit more aware, then they didn't have the opportunity. And said, so like, not everyone had the backyard pool. Uh, a lot of pools will still open samples open sooner um, uh, rather than later like the, the gyms most of the gyms were closed as well so uh, it was it was really it is really a struggle I, I to still to this day like i can tell you i have a group of athletes that they're training pretty hard and they're sort of like a back on the track and, and then i have another group that still like okay i i cannot do this yeah i'm waiting for this for us to go back and continue doing it Mm-hmm. I know, I wish I could remember her name, but I know one of, I think Canada's pro triathletes, when everything shut down, you know, she was getting ready for the Olympics. And I, again, I think in part because it's like, what do I do? She got uh, an above ground pool, like set it up in her parents' garage and then attached like tethers to the wall so she could just <laughs> swim in place. Yeah, <laughs> something, something well, so she I could stay just, in the water. Uh, one of the current athletes here on the team, she actually came up with a brilliant idea. Usually, you know, we we use all these cords, power towers, yeah. different different toys in a, in a, in today's swimming, and she didn't have that back at home. But she yeah. did have a pretty short um, backyard pool, so she figured out she she pick up all the old swimsuits that she's not using anymore. She tied them together. <laughs> Made an, an elastic band, and she was just like swim with a with a resistance, uh, with a, from put it put it put it a rope from the old swimsuits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, a lot of athletes become creative during this time. That's for sure. Yeah, the so I am not uh, a very good swimmer by any stretch of the imagination, but I have a triathlon history. I've kind of come back to running this season just because of the, the complications of everything and how simple running yeah. is comparatively, but. I have for a number of seasons, you know, the, the VASA trainer, I'm sure you're familiar with mm-hmm. that. That's it's several thousand dollars. If I remember right, it's really kind of out of reach of the average person to own. Yeah. So what we ended up doing, my coach and I decided on 
is we got a total gym. You know, you like to see mm -hmm. the infomercials for the total gym and attach the Vasa trainer paddles to it. It's pretty I much that. Yeah, pretty, it's a similar system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Vasa is specifically like a swimming bench, but uh, right. But it's the, it's a pulley system that actually works with a with a couple different. And you can you can uh, pretty good mimic that with a different with some of the other different. Yeah, it's it's not perfect. The the big downside of it is that you pretty much can only do fly. You've got to do both arms at the same time. You can't do detached. It it won't work that way. But I use it as like supplemental. Like you know, I do my pool set. I come home. I get on there and do it as like my strength work to try yeah. to work on that high power. But that was if, for my triathlete friends. I was like. See if you can pick one of these up because, like, I, I got it off of you know Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace. I don't remember for like fifty bucks. You know, it wasn't it was because yeah. all these people buy them and then they don't use them. Yeah. So, so there's tons you could like pick up cheap. Well, well, I, I talked with a, with a, with a several athletes and recruits to be honest. Like when they figured it out and build their own gym, like pretty cheap now because like they, they find a lot of things although i have to say like a lot of lot of people staying at home being bored figured out like okay i, I think it's a time to uh, pull out my rusty bike and yeah. go back to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah so with you know, were talking earlier about um we're talking about skype versus zoom and recruiting mm -hmm. um i was wondering especially now as you're moving to uh division one are you still in charge of all the recruiting? Do you have an assistant helping you with that? Or is it, is it Marco's on calls, chasing leads down, doing all that? Well, Marco's on calls all the time. So that's, <laughs> okay. a, that's, I, I think that college, college, um, um, college sport is based on recruiting. And I think that's a number one thing. And um, because like you want to have the best possible team and, um, and, and coaching, coaching is amazing, but but reality is you want to recruit the best possible team. Right. The one that you recruit, that's what you, that's how you coach. That's that's what builds your coaching philosophy. But reality is, I do have one of my assistant coaches. All my coaches are on calls. So but I have a, um, one of my assistant coaches. He's my top assistant um, and and recruiting coordinator. So um, he's the one when I when I tell him like okay this is this is what I want so, so so now with being a head coach that that's changed because I with UC San Diego I've been through the every single position from a volunteer right. coach to the to the head coach so um, and it was in a fairly short short time short amount of, short amount of time and um, so it's very fresh in my memory like what what do what what do I need to do and how to do it. So um, I have a great communication with coach, with coach Kirk Kubier in terms of like, okay, this is what I want. And then, um, and then we, we do um, a lot of scouting together. I still have um, great connections with, uh, with coaches and, and swimming federations around the world. So we, we can do a little bit more and get out a little bit more from, from California and United States and <clears throat> try to recruit internationally. Uh, as well, and um, and then I I'm still doing a lot of phone calls. I do actually enjoy recruiting uh, to a certain point, but I have to say that my coaches are sort of doing the filtering call too. So so I'm not right. really calling every single one, and uh, and then and they're sort of like preparing that a little bit for me. But but I have to tell you that yeah, this this, uh, this little pandemic break, um, and especially because recruiting game changed a lot just because uh, no in-person visits, no in-person contacts. So mm -hmm. um, you, you really need to make like, do a, a 
good job with your homework scouting. Okay, who are you talking with? We, like reality is we, we had a great class coming in um, for, for, for a fall of 2021 and um, we really didn't have a chance to show them campus in person well, because like that's, that's what, that was always a big and really important part of recruiting today uh, because we're not, it, we're in a recruiting debt period, which means no, no in-contact person, in-contact, uh, in-person contacts until the end of this calendar year. So basically, like you, you need to make even more phone calls to mm-hmm. do the best possible jo- job to paint the picture about the campus and, and the team energy and, and what it looks like. You know, because reality is. Um, Campus, seeing the campus is a big advantage to UC San Diego. Like we're literally yeah. sitting on the top of the beach, right? Five minutes from the sand. You can smell the ocean for every five, like six a.m. When when you wake up for five fifteen for a morning practice at six a.m., you 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 can smell the ocean. Uh, we have like um, seven dorms buildings. Three of them has a million dollar view because they see the ocean. They can see the beach so <laughs> from the top of it. So I I think that that is uh, in these days of like. Um, sort of a marketing and everything is important during the recruiting process. Um, it, it, is, it is affecting us a lot for recruits and prospects not being able to actually explore the, explore the, um, the campus, which, which just a raising number of phone calls to make sure for you as a coach to actually paint the picture as colorful as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, you're, your job and please correct me if I'm wrong, so, you know, or the recruiter, whoever's making that first contact is part of figuring out like what, you know, what does this kid want from college? What do they want their mm-hmm. college experience to be? You know, if they're, if they're already, Hey, like I know about coach Marco and like, I'm already sold. You don't have to do much. Right. He's like, well, yeah. I'm, you know, he or she, I'm coming. But if they're like, well, I don't know, I may go to San Diego or I, I may yeah. go down to Florida or, you know, I, you know, I don't know where I'm going to go. Then it, it yeah. becomes a tougher conversation. Well, I mean, d- d- definitely those conversations are a tough conversation because as my coaching philosophy is, that's how it's recruiting is this is a, this is a two way street. It's definitely a two way road. So right. we need to, um, uh, we're reaching out to, to the people that we believe that we want to have here. And when I say that, it's, I'm not saying just because like, oh, I want to coach this person because he's talented, but I need to, this person to be a great fit for uh, what UC San Diego culture is. Mm-hmm. So you need to be a, um, obviously we are, we're a highly academic institution. So you need to be able to handle that load. Um, and then, then you, need to be, you need to be fitting in what, what, my, what my, uh, my, the vision of my team is, the vision of my team energy is. Um, and, and like I said, like when you got, um, and that's a pretty much a big difference between coaching the age group and high school level when go to the college, um, because in college, literally you are becoming a professional. If, if you were, if you didn't have that mentality and, and when I say professional, I'm not talking financial aspect only. I'm just talking like, listen, you're coming to the college and I'm recruiting you. The reality is like, you need to, you need to want to do this. Right. Um, and, and, and that's, that's a, that's a, that's a, guess at the beginning that like okay you are making a commitment to something that you want to do and um if if we if we have that's why the, the phone calls are really important um and, and and in these days like even a facetime and something that you can connect sort of like a face with a voice and a name and it's uh it's helpful because to me um 
only happy swimmer is a fast swimmer. You know, only only happy student is a, is a good student. So I can tell you all the beautiful things about UC San Diego, but if you are not a good fit here, you're just going to be miserable. And and trust me, like you know, as a triathlete, you will know swimming is not the the the, the fun sport, the funniest sport right. that we have for it. So it definitely can makes makes your life miserable if you're doing that. But and 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 I'm a little bit of um, out of box thinker, so I'm trying to make this this our sport. Um, as much as possible being like enjoyable and fun mm -hmm. but at some point like you have to swim it you know so right um and and um it's go it's going to be really hard if you are not a good fit so and and the reality is uh going from high school to college is a stressful big step in life and yes somebody somebody um some, someone just handled that easier or some of them it's a struggle you know and and um, and, and that's why you're going to see a lot of lot of athletes. You're going to see a very small percentage of athletes going to college um, and make the, the tremendous impact on the team as a freshman. You know, it's it's sort of like a take take time with it. And I'm not talking about like you know professional part. Like okay, basketball, football for for um, um, NCAA athletes that are staying in a um, in the colleges for a year or two before they get drafted as professionals. That's a different thing. I'm just talking about like, we are still in a development sport. And uh, even if you're coming as a, as a high school star, now you're coming in a different environment, like um, because we're recruiting sort of like when we trying to make the strategy, we're recruiting in the clusters. So if you are the fastest 50 freestyler at your in your team as a high schooler, you're sort of like a high school star. And now you're getting to a college program that, you are the fastest one, but we have about four that they're breeding like in your neck. So it's just like the training environment is a little bit different. So you're yeah. not always, not necessarily always like a big fish in the pond. Like hopefully we can, we can create that environment that um, in college, hopefully college athletes coach themselves more than anything else. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, we are, we're here to, to provide and give the, the best possible uh, create the best possible environment and situation but reality is that's the best training if they can self self coaching or like self feedback or team feedback so that's what i always feel like it's it's hard to describe the step up when you go from high school or college or i did not i was not able to make this step up but was it was described to me and i'm sure it's very similar going from uh, amateur to pro in, in whatever your sport is there's because you go from say high school to college yes i like i'm the fastest in my state or in my mm -hmm. you know division or whatever it is to now all of the fastest and all of the divisions now we're all together and it's not yeah. a matter of hey you're winning by a whole body length anymore it's hey, it's a hand or you know, well, I think there is like there is a, there is a lot of things like when you're when you're back home in high school. First of all, like high school is very maybe not today with the situation that we're mostly online and all that. But like in a, in a pre pre pandemic time, like when you are in high school, you sort of have a very structural day. You know, you wake up in the morning, you go to swim practice, then you go to school, then you go to swim practice, then you do homework, and that's it. Like in college. Um, it's a, it's a really time management is a key time management mm -hmm. is a key. And, and, and I think that that's the biggest struggle. That's the biggest leap step from high school to college to, 
I mean, the thing stays the same. You're still going to swim twice a week, twice a day. You're still going to lift or do the dry land, and you're still going to do the homework and study probably more than, than in the high school. Not probably, but absolutely sure. But it might happen that, like, okay, you come to the practice, and uh, college swimmers are a little bit more spoiled than, uh, than, uh, than a high school swimmers because high school usually swim from five to seven. College swim from six to eight. Um, and then some classes starts until nine. Some, it, it's going to happen like in, oh, Friday, I, I don't have any classes. So it's my free day, but it's actually not. And, and you just need to understand that it's just like, yeah, it's Friday and you don't have classes, but it's not surfing day. It's not time to go to the beach. You still need to go to the library and do what you need to do and, and um, do the, the active rest and do everything to prepare your next practice, or especially if we're racing on Saturday. So mm-hmm. I think that that's the big, big, big difference. And uh, of course, the environment in practice, it's, it's completely different. And like I said, it's very, it's very team oriented, becoming very team oriented. So it's really important if we, who are you surrounded with? Mm-hmm. Um, and usually the good ones want to be surrounded with good ones. So that, that's, that's, that's how it, how, how it goes. Uh, but but I, I just think it's just mentally, whoever made that transition in terms of time management and understanding being self, a little bit more self-driven when you go to college, mm-hmm. those are the, those are the um, athletes that are actually making this transition faster. Yeah. Well, see, I was going to ask earlier, and you kind of answered it before I got to it, is do you, you, know, do you recruit for character? Do you recruit for talent? Obviously, you have to do a little bit of both, but... Um, you know, that, that personality or the character of the athlete you're recruiting, if they're self-driven, if they already have that ability to say, these are the things I've got to get done. It makes, as you mentioned, the transition easier. Is there any, I won't say tricks, but is there any way to try to help like suss out those character traits when you're, when you're having those conversations with athletes, do you, you know, is it, is it, you just get a feel for them by having a conversation or, or is there anything that kind of stands out? Well, <clears throat> reality is, it's just like, um, as much as we're trying to say, like recruiting is marketing because you're trying to sell, like you're trying to, to get the best, the best prospect, the best recruits outside. Right. And, um, um, but, but, but reality is like, you need to find the one that is going to work with you. And I was just like fortunate enough to work with the different coaches, the, the, some of the best in the world. And uh, being with them, I just learned that like, they are not the best coaches in the world for everyone. Right. I can tell you that. It's just like, uh, th- that's what I'm saying. It is, this, this is the, the, the two-way street. And of course, like on the first, first day when we're allowed to call, you will call top 20 best recruits in the country. And uh, you, like when you just look at their times, you would say like, you want them all. And then when you start talking with them, you just figure it out. Like, you know what, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to coach this kid. It's just, it's, it's just not going to work. Um, and, and I think that that's why those conversations and get to know each other is, is, um, is, um, uh, it's really important. And, um, you know, we're going to find out like, in, even in swimming, we have a lot of transfers between the schools and it's just like, that's because like recruiting is becoming super, super, super crazy early and crazy like like too soon for for young athletes to make a decision and say like yeah i want to go there i want to go there and then you make a decision as a sophomore remember remember we can start talking with a prospect after june on the june 15 after the sophomore year so i they totally do not have a clue nothing about it but but then then like 
all these college phone calls they're, they're becoming overwhelming and they got like okay these little shiny toys and i want to go there and then like two years later when they go to college they figured out like well this is not even close to what i was expecting that it's going to be this is not a good fit for me that's what i'm saying like you know you, you, you you're going to look at you you need to really do do your job to make sure and and guess what we're going to make a mistake for sure you know, like that's and and it's gonna be the honest mistake. It's not gonna be like a malicious mistake. It's just gonna be like you think that somebody's gonna be a good fit, and also, like I said, recruiting process is a very long time, and it's it takes like um, uh, when you start recruiting, you basically get to know someone for two years before you actually even start pitching them on a daily basis. So you you need to keep doing it, and 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 and, and to a certain point is like I said, like. Um, on one side, you're trying to recruit what is going to be the best fit for the environment that you're working at. And in that case, it's, it's not, in this case, it's not just, just swimming training, it's a school, it's the character of the people and the rest of the team that you're having. And at some point when you're rebuilding the team, you can maybe recruit the, the people that are maybe not fitting ideally in what is your coaching philosophy, what, what your coaching philosophy is currently, but, but Coaches need to change as well, so we need to adopt as well. So if you're, you just need to try to see the big picture at the time and make the adjustments to, to maybe your language, to wordage, to expectations, and changing things and and adopt because reality is, um, we are here for athletes. That's number one. Athletes are number one. They're the most important one. Very next one, coaches are, and then everybody else. But but um, but, but 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 again, like first of all, you're trying to get the athletes that will be ideal fit for you, at least that you think, okay, this is a two-way street and this is going to work. Um, and I'm very committed to my athletes and they know from the beginning that like, I'm going to run through wall for them. And the expectation is that that's how it's going to work. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. And I'm, um, I just, I'm just happy to say that in my over 20 years of my coaching career, I did create only friends in my sport. So and partially was because of because of the relationship that was based on honesty. So I was able to say, like, listen, listen, I'm, I'm going to try my heart, my hardest to do this, but this might not work. So let's just see how we're going to how we're going to do this. Or on the other side, like I was I was able to. Um, um, to create that that uh, the trust to get the trust from my athlete to, to, the, to that point that he or she started achieving more than she was. Or, she, or he was just expecting that, that she or he can do. So uh, I think that relationship is a number one thing, especially in our sport, but it's, the bottom line is it's very individual. Like at the end of the, at the, end of the day, you're gonna stop behind a block, you're gonna, you're gonna dive in the water, you're gonna watch, look at that black line at the bottom of the pool and, and um, try, try to work as hard as you can. Yeah, so thinking about you, you know, trying to find the right I'll call it coach athlete fit, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're trying to find the right relationship for each other. Um, I was kind of wondering, because as you mentioned, not every coach is right for every athlete and vice versa. You know, is there, is there like an overarching principle or philosophy that kind of guides you? I know I saw on your Twitter, um, you, you seem to post a lot of football coaches. I saw one with Andy Reid. So go Chiefs! I'm here in Kansas City. So, uh, but I saw, I did see a lot uh, of um, retweets from Nick Saban, who I'm a big fan of. And uh -huh. he's, as far as I understand his philosophy, he's all about trusting the process, regardless of what's going on. Trusting the process. So, is it? Do you, do you 
um, align yourself with Nick Saban's philosophy? Do you have your own? Like, is there any kind of guiding principle there? Well, I mean, I have to tell you, like, I think that we're always learning. That's that's number one thing. And I think that we need to learn because, like, the, the you know, when you're coaching for 20, 30, 40 years, I can tell you definitely you're coaching different kids 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago, and today. Mm -hmm. So I think that we need to be really an open sponge all the time. And I think that's that's what that's what makes us – um, staying mentally young, I guess, like it's just because like you need to stay at the level of the people that you are working with. Mm -hmm. um, as far as of a mentorship, like I was just lucky enough, like I'm coming originally from former Yugoslavia, Serbia. So we, we have a famous, um, we had a, we're, we're, we're a pretty small country um, right now, a little bit less than 10 millions, but we have a great successful tennis player, Novak Djokovic, who were successful in basketball. We had a great water polo um, history. And um, I was just like fortunate not to be exposed to some of the best coaches in the world. And, and honestly, like my coaching philosophy, regardless what's happening at the, in the pool, it's coming from a basketball coaches. Um, I'm a huge fan of the European basketball, um, not as much as NBA, but college basketball more here. So it was mm -hmm. sort of like European basketball and college basketball in the United States. And, and I do want, like, of, of course, like um, I didn't grow up watching American football. So it's a, it was a new toy when I moved in the United right. States. So it was, uh, um, and it's a great source of information if you want to learn from coaches. Of course, you cannot really relate football with swimming in terms of like what's happening in that, but like in coaching philosophy, absolutely a lot. And, and I think that I, um, I'm trying pretty hard to be very open-minded and like pick up the, the, um, the coaching philosophy from a different sports, not necessarily just for, for swimming, but the bottom line is at the end, we, I, I, I try to find my own way for, out of all that. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, but definitely, like I said, like, even if you just see what I'm looking at, it's, it's a relationship. It's just like, it's a, it's a trust. It's the, the honesty. Um, I don't even know how to define um, what, what, what that relationship needs to be based on, but definitely trust. Like if you trust me, uh, because what are we going to do? Like sw swimming is a pretty hard sport. So you, you, you know that like as a, as a triathlete, it's a, it's a, right. it's a mix, mix of the endurance doing it all out. <laughs> right. Right. Well, in the swimming, you don't get, I come from a running background where it's, it's like, yeah. you, can't, you can't run, you can't train for running the same way you can train for swimming. Like they're, yeah. they're two different, yeah. like in the pool, yeah. you could go harder much more often so so like the the um and, and and my knowledge i have like a like you know like physiology is is um is my starting knowledge in education but uh and i always believed in like a, in, in physiology of, of um, human body and what we can do in practice and but then mental aspect is 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 huge component and that's and that's why how i was just developing myself as a coach from someone who was just like okay by the numbers and physiology and to the point that it's just like, okay, sometimes motivated people can do the things that they're not necessarily going in alignment with like what, what, what they should be, what we consider like talented to do. It's just a, like to, to, to get an athlete to that level and to have that relationship. Like I said, it's a, it's a five or six things that are really important that you have it that makes a difference between um, good or great to the best athletes in the world, so.
but but definitely a mix of everything with, yeah. with a hint of myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so you had mentioned um you know always being always learning you know because uh college age athletes are constantly changing and a college is a good petri dish in some aspects of what the latest culture is right like yeah college athletes are going to be on the new thing whatever that is yeah do you, do you have any can you think of any good examples of say like when you started coaching versus now like uh, you know something that would illustrate the difference in, in kind of the mentality or, or the kind of character you you uh, talk with now well, first of all, like when I started coaching, I was just coaching in a different environment, like back in Europe. So completely different situation. I want to say okay. number one thing, like we were struggling with the cold water and like, you know, the number one enemy of swimming is cold water. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, that, that, that's a, a period. We, that if you, if you don't have a, a, a nice and warm water, it's going to be really hard to teach anything um, to anyone. So, but I want to say like the, 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 definitely the, uh, the main difference even back today, then and today is like, it was more discipline, I guess, like the athletes were responding more to the discipline and things being like very structured, mm -hmm. you know, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. Dun, 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 and let's go. And, um, and they were a little bit more focused. They could listen uh, with a little bit longer uh, time span because like today kids and, or athletes if you're talking more than 10 seconds to, it's just you're just going to lose them it's it's not happening but they're very visual like back in the back like 20 years ago like um, we didn't even use the cameras or cameras like you're coming with a huge camera and then you make a video and then you sit down and then two days later you watch that and it's just like it doesn't really make sense and yeah uh, but 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 they were um, athletes were, like I said, like probably maybe because of less exposure of the technology, they were more focused to listen to the feedback and uh, being coachable that way. And these days, like uh, um, today, like my, my, my practice is definitely not as structured as it was at the beginning. There is a lot of flexibility and all that because I'm, I'm reacting on that feedback from the athletes. And the second thing is just like in these days, like, okay, you're just going to pull up your phone, a quick video, just look at it, come here and that's it. And just let's go and let's do it. They're very visual. And I think that um, uh, with all the technology and everything what we have today with the underwater cameras, with the GoPros, reality is you just need to give them feedback right now, quick couple seconds, they can see it, they can repeat it. Um, I, I just think that that's, that's what, that will be like the number one biggest change like off the top of my head that I can see doing that. And again, like different environments then and, and, uh, and today was also the factor because it was pretty hard like keeping, keeping a swimmer in the cold water and trying to explain something if he's shaking, zero yeah. listening, you know, like right. you need to be like in a, in a good comfortable environment so somebody, that, that's for somebody to be coachable. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so it's so funny that like that we talk about the attention span a lot, and I think there's a, there's you know some truth in that for sure, with all of our gadgets constantly screaming at us, the lights flashing, the notifications going yeah. off, you just you're getting Zoom calls, you're just all over the place, and then you're like, oh, I got to do this and that, and you're you're so distracted that as you mentioned, if you're, you're talking longer than ten seconds, then you can't keep any attention. 
but at the same time, you, you know, you also get the other side of it where it's like, like maybe this podcast, but you think about other podcasts too, that even go two, three hours where people mm-hmm. can digest this really long. It's like you either want these tiny little segments or very, very deep dive yeah. <laughs> into something. There's like no in between anymore. So it's, well, it, it's interesting. Yeah. You could do both. Well, first of all, like, I, I think that like, if the, 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 good thing is that we can give the feedback pretty quick yeah. if you understand that that you can give it pretty quick and uh, the, the bad thing is to me with a quick feedback we we all do think that we can we're great multitasking and mm. we're not right we're, like we are not let's stop no. lying to you we're, right. we're not <laughs> we can pretend and i'm not saying that, that there there maybe there is no group of people that it is but um, in these days, I think we're all multitasking. We're all trying because it's just like, it's a short, quick text. It's a short, quick video. It's do that. Uh, but I'm driving, but I'm just like, take a note day. So I do this. And um, I, we all think that we can multitask. And I think that we are doing a lot of average things. And I think that the, uh, the successful people, especially in the sport of swimming, are the ones that they're actually able to... Um, focus on doing like one thing at a time and executing that a hundred percent because again like you have to understand like in in uh, in USA's swimming i think that we have um and maybe this number is now off a couple of years ago i was pretty sure that i know that number but i think we're about like three million some sort of registered swimmers mm. and um, at some levels and then the highest level in United States, competition is like every four years, the Olympic trials. And we have about 2,000 people qualifying for that. Like mm-hmm. out of 3 millions, 3 million goes to, goes, goes to the, the Olympic trials and it's like um, uh, 2,000. And then out of those 2,000, 50, 55, 56 make it a team. Right. And, you know, you're not going to tell me that like this 3,000 never going to get, like this 3 millions at the beginning will never get in this one of these 56s. So the, the, the differences between, especially in the world of swimming is, is, is nothing. It's, you, you, you think that it's nothing, but it is something. And I think that that something is created from the, from the ones that are actually able to not to multitask every day all the time, but focus on the one thing and execute one thing 100%. Well, I think that, we'll, I want to see what you think, but I, I think part of the issue is that the word itself, multitask, it, it, at least as far as I understand the, the, the mechanisms of the brain, is a lie because mm. it's, it's not multitasking, it's task switching. Yeah. You can't do two tasks at once. It's I'm doing this task, then I'm doing that task. And when you, when you, you pattern interrupt yourself and you say, oh, I've got to switch to this other thing or I've got to, you know, I, I have to do this and do that and then come back, there's a certain amount of time it takes to focus in on that task again. So now instead of, instead of being more productive, you are effectively being less productive because you're going to this, to this, 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 and you can't, you can't get your brain focused in narrowed down on this particular thing. So that I, it's the word we use multitask and I use it, but it's just, I, I think it, it hides the fact that, that multitasking isn't actually, what's going on with our brain to begin with 
Well, well, listen, we start this pandemic with a lot of like a wrong, wrong words, like social distancing is right. definitely the worst way to say it. Like, right. We don't want to social distance. We, we, come on, we're, we're, we're already to a certain point becoming socially disabled. We don't want to be socially distancing. We just want to physically to be distanced, but like right. socially, socially, especially with all this technology, we should not be, like, as a matter of fact, we should be more social than ever. Yeah. With with with, uh, with with this with this uh, technology, so the same thing. I agree with multitasking. Yeah, yeah. Multitasking means just like you're, you're you're doing two things at the same time, and you don't. You're actually not. You're you're doing something, and then you jump on something else, which means that you need to stop doing something to jump on something else. You just have a, a shorter uh, um, time span that that you can actually focus on that, and and it takes a lot for a brain to actually stop. Uh, and then start thinking about something, something else. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm like a, a guilty as charges, like definitely. Um, when I read a book, I need to read like three different books, you know, it's <laughs> like basically that's, but, but I'm trying when it comes to the swimming, when it comes to the details um, and obviously like in a, in a practice that it's two hours in the morning and two hours in the afternoon with the phone calls and recruit recruiting and everything that's going on. I, I'm trying to the portion of that practice to be just like that's that's it that's that's the essence and mm -hmm. um, and 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 like I said like in, in in these days of coaching I don't even think that coaches need to be a hundred percent on it to some point like the athletes just need to be self coaching and uh, so so you can give them that quality time so so they can be just like a just got it a hundred percent instead yeah. of just like giving them feedback all the time and asking them, how do you feel? How do you feel? Like, like if you ask your athlete, how do you feel 30 times during the two hour practice at some point, he's going to say like, I, I really don't feel very well. Yeah. And then you're not going to have, you know, what are you going to do then? Like I said, like, oh, I'm yeah. sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> because we always just ask like, how do you feel? Because we are expecting, I feel great all the time. But yeah. like it's, and then you hear like, I don't feel that good. And I'm just like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that I asked. I'm sorry. Next hundred, go go go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I think that like at some point it's good to um, um, just focus on the on the portion. You know, yeah. it's like okay, we need 100% of that, and that's what swimming is. Like, of course, the really important part of swimming training is recovery, mm -hmm. and um, and the people don't understand. It's just like how do you recover in swimming? Because you still need to do an effort. Even if I said like, okay, swim easy. You still need to do something, you know, like moving through the water that it's not really necessarily our, our natural habitat to be around. Right. So, so it's hurting even when you do easy. Um, but I think that it's a mental engagement, you know, like today we're, 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 it's, it's the, the whole trick with today's swimming is we're doing something all out every day. And when I say all out, it's not necessarily mean, means like physically effort. It's just like, I need you all out mentally to be on this. Mm -hmm. so, so that's, that's the goal. Well, so that, that focus, it's like, you know, we, so we live in this culture of multitasking or being distracted by all these things, but it's like, I think it's easy to forget that focus is I mean, your brain's another muscle like that, that, that mm -hmm. focus is something you grow over time. You can't just go, you can't go from, okay, I'm listening to coach Marco and I can only pay attention to 10 sec for 10 seconds. You can't go <laughs> from that to, okay, now I can pay attention for two hours straight. Like it's, it's a building process of, 
hey, I can listen for 10 seconds. I got to take a break and then another 10 seconds. And then you go, hey, I can listen to Coach Marco for a whole minute now. Next week we're well, doing well. That's better. what I'm saying. Like building, like I absolutely agree. Like you know, building those blocks, the pe- the athletes that are actually able to build those blocks and mm-hmm. build that muscle and and uh, the attention span, like longer, those athletes can handle the races because like swimming, even in the pure, 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 pure sprint, is still going to be close to 20 seconds. Right. You know, so it's just like you you need and and um um as a matter of fact, like last night I was just at the event. Um, there was a short course meters event and it was all about sprinting and um, uh, you just lose. I mean, hey, one of the, the best examples is a great friend of mine, uh, Mike Chavich, who was at the Olympic Games swimming against Michael Phelps and got out touched by 0.01. Yeah. Just like um, um, just a little thing, something that it just makes a big difference. It makes a difference. That's, that makes the all difference in the world. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, the, the ones that are actually able to build those blocks and stay focused. And, and, and that's what brings us to another aspect of like, okay, <clears throat> mindfulness. Um, yoga is a very popular in these days. Like it was definitely not as popular 20 years ago. Right. As, as, a, as an, um, a key factor today for them to, for athletes to be able to actually <clears throat> debrief and uh, um, turn off the brain and actually go into a zone and do some do, do something and like i said like um, uh, if you just look by the numbers you you're going to see that it's a very handful group of of athletes performing it at that level and just like our, our the whole athletic body is way bigger and what makes a difference well, it's definitely not those hundreds that we're doing. It's it's um, uh, it's a couple other different things, and and one of those are just like yeah, the one that actually can turn off the brain and focus on what's going to happen with the next uh, twenty seconds, one minute, five minutes, and even for distance swimmers, you know, if you just like um, um, somebody swim a mile in a short course yards, um, that's that's about sixty turns, you know, like right mm-hmm. right right there, and and. Uh, is it really going to be like how many times you're going to swim up and down or the big difference is just going to be who's going to tie up that streamline on the very last turn or yeah. every single turn. Yeah. And, and uh, that actually doesn't hurt that much except it hurting your brain. You need to be aware of that. Like, uh, right. what, am I gonna, what, what am I going to do now? You know, I'm already spinning my arms as fast as possible. I cannot do it faster than this. I'm already kicking as fast as possible. I cannot do it. At, what, what, what else I can do to make that a little different in the end? And, and it's just like, if you're, you are mentally focused, then you're going to remember what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like get, yeah. getting the, getting your body in as flat. You yeah. know, I'll, I'll say flat, but you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, ni- yeah. that nice tube, getting your turns <laughs> just right, very crisp. It, 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 it all adds up, right? You know, if you yeah. get your turn. Oh, absolutely. If you miss, absolutely. you're doing the 15, you miss one turn. It's off just a little bit. That could it's, be that could be it. it. Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, Coach Marco, as we're as we're running short on time, um, there's a question I'm asking everybody this season of the show because uh, it kind of transcends all sports. So I'd like to ask you, uh, what do you think the purpose of sport is? Ooh, great question. You know, the purpose of sport. Um, well, that's a great question for asking, asking someone who's professionally doing a living sport. Like I just like, I'm doing swimming as, as long as I know from it. Well, like I said, at some point I said, I am a coach for, I started coaching in 98. 
January, January 5th, 98. And um, so it's, it's 22 years now. And um, I create only friends. So my, my, I, I think the purpose of sport did change in the last 20 years. But um, the relationship that we're building with our athletes are something that stays for life. And it's, um, in these days, like I'm getting the phone calls from some of my first generation of athletes, you know, like they're, they're at a different level right now. Like having, hanging around with the UCSD alumni that I was coaching eight years ago, that's a, that's a different relationship. I think it's just like, it's a, it always, we always can say that, swim, that, that, that um, sport is a healthy, create a healthy environment. Um, maybe not necessarily true completely because it's becoming very, very competitive. Not everybody were ready or expecting that that's going to be the level of the expe- like, uh, competitiveness when you go. It's to some point, it's kind of like a brutally, brutally competitive. And what, what you need to do, it's brutal to be able to stay at that level. Uh, but I think that relationship that you're building in the, in the world of sport uh, is something that stays forever. And, uh, and, and besides the fact that we're coaches and we want to compete, we, we are like life teachers and life friends. So that, that, that's, that's what drives me. And that's that, like, it, it applies on everything what I'm doing, even when re- recruiting. I'm recruiting the person that I'm going to be friend for life, not, not just for a season two or, or four, like you were saying in, in college. I like I, I don't think I've got that answer yet. So, and that I, I, really hits home with me. So I, I appreciate that answer a lot. Yeah. Um, Coach Marco, if people want to keep in touch with you, see what you're doing, where can they find you? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, uh, I, guilty as charged. Like, I'm a big on my phone. So I'm like, uh, like but, but email, uh, email is always the best way to reach out to me. And it's pretty simple. It's marco at ucsd.edu. It's uh, with Marco with K. Um, um, I'm, I'm sure my, my assistant coaches are doing a great job of keeping UC San Diego, Instagram and Twitter. Um, uh, even, even in these days when our sport is not too busy, we're still posting a lot. So you can follow us and, and see what, what UCSD is doing and how the California and San Diego look at these days and how beautiful and sunny can be in December, <laughs> in January. Um, but definitely those are, those are the, those are the two, two best ways to uh, stay in touch and, um, connect with us. Sounds good. Thanks for hanging out with me today, Coach Marco. Thank you for having us. It was it was really amazing. <laughs>